Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It's so great to be with you today. In today's episode, are you feeling disrupted by uncertainty and change? Is it affecting your work performance or your happiness? In today's episode, the third in our Managing Uncertainty series, we take a deeper look at anger and blame, another way that we react habitually to uncertainty, one that doesn't serve us very well. Let's walk. Out and walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as we are able. Feeling our feet on the ground, our belly rise and fall. It's so great to be back in our body, moving. If you're new to the last 8% morning, we walk. Over the course of 15 to 20 minutes, we integrate movement and mindfulness and mental training exercises. Why? So we can build a habit of movement and focus for our day on one hand and on the other so that we can grow the skills of emotional intelligence through drip learning. This is like micro learning, little by little, bit by bit, so that we can be better in our last 8% moments, those more difficult moments that we face. So right now, we just feel in our body as we walk. And if you've struggled with sitting meditation, you will love the walking meditation. It brings about the same effects, but it actually might be an easier, easier way in Or at least that's what a lot of people have found. So just feel your body as you're walking. What we're trying to do is just check in, starting with our belly and our body. So just feel your heels as you contact the ground. And we've had people give us feedback, a couple who have been in hospital who are listening to the podcast and who aren't able to move as they normally are able. So they kind of move their feet in bed and move their hands. And so if you're sitting for whatever reason, just tune in to the same body parts that I describe and just sense whatever feelings and sensations are present. So what we can do right now is go from head to toe, tuning into the barometer of pleasant or unpleasant. So just 
feel your whole body and see, are there any parts that feel unpleasant? And we're not trying to push them away, as you know. We're just welcoming and just being curious about them. Or if it's neutral on this pleasant, unpleasant scale, it's neutral. And if it's pleasant, again, just tune in from head to toe. What do you feel that's unpleasant, neutral, or pleasant? Now move to our second barometer. Calm, neutral, not calm. Again, just scan your whole body from head to toe. Noticing any areas that is not calm or neutral or calm. It's like we're just bringing a curiosity. And no matter what we find, we accept it. Mindfulness is paying attention on purpose, non-judgmentally. And you will see that if you do this over and over in our morning routine, you will bring this muscle of being non-reactive, non-judgmental into your day. And this is what allows us to deal so well with things like uncertainty. Because this is a neural pathway that we're developing in our brain. And we know from Sarah Lazar's work at Harvard, the more you do this practice, the more your left prefrontal cortex calms your amygdala. You literally grow part of your brain just by practicing mindfulness. How incredible is that? We are neuroarchitects doing our work, creating and crafting the life that we want. So, moving to our idea of the day. Just before we do, standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. You want to do well in your job. You want to make a difference, have an impact. You want to be there for the other people in your life who might also be dealing with some uncertainty and change. But at times you find it all very difficult. Sometimes you feel at sea with all of the challenges you are coming up against, all of the change and uncertainty that comes with it. And you might feel a bit helpless at times. Unfortunately, and when I say this, I don't want to sound negative, but most of us have not really been taught or learned the skills how to deal with uncertainty. And this lack of skill has an impact. What's at stake if we're not able to do it? Well, we have sleepless nights, strong physical sensations like heaviness over the chest or heart palpitations. We might struggle to relax at the end of the day fall into hopelessness, become a chronic avoider of the difficult or the last 8% situations we face. And it does not feel very good inside. It feels horrible inside. We feel not very courageous, which all of this diminishes our confidence. And we want better. That's why we're doing this practice. We're last 8%ers. We are aggressive learners. 
So to better handle uncertainty, we need a plan. And that's what we're doing in this series. You know, in the first episode, we talked about how we need to come to terms with the fact that uncertainty and change are certainties of life. And not to expect uncertainty and change only puts us at risk of not managing it well. Let me say that again. And to not expect uncertainty and change only puts us at risk of not managing it well. In the second episode, we looked at worry, the science of worry. Worry is one of the ways we react to uncertainty, and it can cause us to become paralyzed and avoid the difficult situations in our life, the last 8% situations. Today, we want to look at the kind of second habitual way we react to uncertainty, which is to get into a hardened position of anger and blame where we focus on who's right and who's wrong. And this causes us to make a mess, both inside ourselves and outside. And we impact people we really don't want to impact. And we affect our career. Because just, you know, the truth is we are facing and will face forever lots of change and uncertainty. So it's just true that we're going to feel a great deal of emotions when it comes to uncertainty. We talked about worry, but today, anger and blame. You see, it's easier to depict something or someone as an enemy because it makes us feel more certain inside about the uncertainty we are feeling outside. Let me say that again. It's easier to depict something or someone as an enemy because it makes us feel more certain inside about the uncertainty that's going on around us. So we immediately look to blame our manager, our organization, someone in our family, COVID, the state of the world, other voters if the election didn't go our way, people who, you know, any people who see things differently than we do. If we are not aware of how we can fall into anger, then we are at the mercy of this emotion. And we will not be able to form an effective response. So what to do? Well, we need to look in a different place, not outside at the change and uncertainty that's going on around us, but inside. As you know, as a last eight percenter, we are not victims. We take ownership of our circumstance, of our emotions, of our behaviors. And to do this, we need to equip ourselves with the skills to manage our emotions intelligently. Because if we do not, do not have intelligence around our emotions, we will be ineffective. We will be miserable. Because this change and uncertainty is going to continue. And if we don't have the skills, we will not be able to think clearly because of how emotions can overwhelm our cognitive brain. And we become temporarily not very smart and we're not even aware of it so not only does our anger and blame cause us to become miserable and not very smart but we are not very effective not very productive we're not very helpful to others who are also going through this challenge of uncertainty and change this is not the how of leadership If we are wise, if we grow our emotional intelligence, we might begin to grow a sophistication around emotions. 
right? This is where I'd love to challenge you and me and all of us last eight presenters to become students of human behavior, starting with ourselves, so that we can start to see that anger and blame are not primary emotions, and they aren't. No, anger is a secondary emotion driven by something else. In this case, it might be grief or hurt. It is terribly sad and can cause us great grief to be in the middle of great change and uncertainty in our life. Whether it's the breakup of our family due to a divorce or the loss of a job or change at work or change at home, it's, this is difficult and it can cause us grief and sadness. And if we don't understand how we might be reacting, we will bring the wrong solution to the issue. For instance, and this is not my quote, I read this somewhere, I just don't remember where. Vengeance is a terrible form of grief. Let me say that again. Vengeance is a terrible form of grief, yet that is somehow we react if we are not managing our emotions intelligently. Right? We lash out at others. We get into blame cycles at the people or things that are causing this challenge for us. And that's not productive. We're impacting people in ways we don't intend. This is not leadership. And again, you don't need to be a formal leader to be a leader in the way I'm describing. But it's in these moments, can we feel care for ourselves? Can we have self-compassion as we go through an uncertain time? Can we be easy? Can we look clearly at what's going on? Can we be a little easier on ourselves and not allow that VOH, that voice in our head to beat us up for not handling things well? This is why it's an inner game that we must win first. Think of it as the game within the game. It's not uncertainty and change per se that is our big foe here. Because, I mean, let's face it, uncertainty and change is going to continue forever. No, it's how this uncertainty and change affects our emotions and our sense of who we are and the story of our lives at work, in our careers, and in our family. It's how we respond to it. And as a listener of this podcast or someone who's taken maybe our course in emotional intelligence, you know these are learnable skills. It takes time. It takes a practice of walking every day. It takes a commitment, but it is learnable. And quite frankly, it's important given how much change and uncertainty we are living with now and will forever. You know, let's take a work example. There's a fair amount of data right now to suggest that the large majority of mergers and acquisitions and large change projects in organizations never work out. Depending on the study you look at, it's like 75 to 80% of mergers and acquisitions don't work out. And I think a big part of it is because people have not been equipped with the tools to manage this internal game, this game within the game. They focus so much on the external part of the merger or acquisition or significant change project that's going on and not on equipping their people with the skills to manage what's going on inside of them. So their people fall into worry or fall into anger and blame. 
you know, the habitual ways we react. And because of this, their people might not handle this as well and they become a contagion to others. They infect others with this dominant emotion. And this puts other people they work with off their game. And distrust builds on a team. And it drives threat-driven survival behaviors that at times seem completely irrational, I must say, but are definitely not helpful. And over time, difficult decisions, difficult conversations, difficult tasks, last 8% situations do not get done very well. And the culture suffers. And the merger or acquisition or significant change effort fails. I have seen this so many times. It's like almost cliche. You know, when I work with organizations who are going through a merger or acquisition or whatever, it doesn't have to be this way. Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel said, all life is risk. But when our center is strong, everything else is secondary, even the risks. Right? We are all in this life of risk, of uncertainty and change. But if we build our center and if it's strong, everything else is secondary, even the risks. That's why we do the podcast and walk every day. It's a habit, as you know, in its own right, that gets us moving, gets us focused for the day, gets us focused on gratitude and goals. But it's also a way of using drip learning to build these skills of emotional intelligence. The Last 8% Project and at IHP, we are committed to nothing less than helping you transform. Using your most difficult situations that you face as opportunities to become a better version of yourself so that you can walk into any challenging situation where there might be uncertainty and there might be fear, but you can still be your more confident, not perfectly, but more confident and more courageous self. It will take work, my friends, but I can tell you After doing this work for over 20 years, I've seen the fruit. And it is so lovely when we can just be a little easier with the ups and downs, the vicissitudes that we all face. Okay, so let's move now to our three by three. For a moment, stand tall, look around, feel grateful. Feel your body, your feet on the ground, your hands and arms as they swing, head and neck. Feel the top of your head. And now breathe in right down to your toes three times, calming this body. Now move to three gratitudes. Now 
my father continues to be in the hospital. And so my gratitude is that he is getting world-class care for people who are from people who are so professional and so friendly, yet because of COVID, more at risk than any of us who are not working in hospitals. So that's one of my gratitudes today. And finally, three goals. What do you want to get done today? What are three big things that you want to focus on that would make it a great day? How do you want to direct your focus and your energy? Wonderful. Again, standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful, bringing this energy into the day, this focus into the day. I want to finish with a great quote by Bertrand Russell. Fear is the main source of superstition and one of the main sources of cruelty. To conquer fear is the beginning of wisdom. To conquer fear is the beginning of wisdom. Have a wonderful day.